Hello and welcome to the Unusual Dialogues episode. Um, today, I'm hosting an amazing interview with Raywin. Hello, Raywin. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Beautiful. It's beautiful to have you here. And if anything, you know, we've had a little interview on Revelancer podcast quite a while ago, and that was uh, already quite an, an inspiring and an impressing piece of knowledge. So for anyone out there who would like to know a bit more about uh, Raywin's enterprise work, I would definitely recommend checking it out. And here I just thought, uh, well, I might as well ask you to talk a bit more about yourself and about your journey and maybe in a broader sense as well. Let's not close ourselves only to uh, the enterprise part. So first and foremost, could you briefly introduce yourself to us? Yeah, sure. So my name is Raywin. I'm the Gutsy Executive Coach and I'm committed to helping women, particularly women and my, my sort of my focus on optimizing their overall health. And I came into this business of working with women because of my own health journey and my health struggles. So I use something called functional medicine or functional diagnostics to help get really specific about the way that people eat, the way that they sleep, the way that they think, um, and the supplements that they take, and also how they move. So eat, sleep, think, move. Uh, these are the sort of like the tenets or the base uh, foundations of building a house of health. And my story was about anxiety, um, panic, depression, IBS, migraines, um, hormonal things that all went out of whack while I was in a corporate environment. And I wasn't getting the support that I needed in that environment, even though we had things like private health care. But the um, medical establishment or the system is set up in such a way to only kind of patch you up as a soldier and then send you back out on the battlefield but not get to to the root cause of why you've been showing up you know broken in the first place so my job now is to be more proactive more preventative to help people uncover their hidden stressors and hidden is an acronym for hormones immune system digestion detoxification energy production and the nervous system. And these are the really important sort of like, this is where we look because we look for the weak links in the chain that can create some of these um, unexplained or you know, mysterious type symptoms that people like your medical doctor or even your specialist or even your therapist, they aren't necessarily always connecting the dots on that. So in a nutshell, um, that's me. I train in functional medicine. I have a bachelor's in, in psychology. And also I use cognitive behavioral nutrition combined with functional medicine labs to present this really integrative package to help you take care of your mind, your body and your spirit. That's amazing. And, and if anything, I, I loved your, how do you call it? I loved your metaphor of a soldier being patched up. I'm I'm currently uh, in the process of watching this series on Disney Plus, uh, Dope Sick, which is actually about uh, uh, OxyContin and like mm. how it was introduced and how they basically, I mean, you know, I've only watched so far and I bet the series is based on true events versus it's not exactly how it went. But mm. uh, yeah, it, it definitely feels like patching someone up with... Uh, as as we talked earlier it's like healing the symptoms not really healing the the cause of it all so you got to come back and get another pill um, mm -hmm. so let me straight away ask you about that corporate lifestyle this is something that I might experience sometime soon maybe not I've been applying for different jobs and some of them are quasi or or more than quasi corporate 
and I wanted to get to know your, you know, not maybe opinion on it, but your experience. How did you find it? And why was it so that even though, you know, this private health and, and trying to navigate with maybe some uh, psychologists, I assume, it was still too much. How, how did you find that? This is a really interesting question because I think I grew up in an environment where, you know, getting an office job was like the thing to do because there are, there's a package, there's benefits, there's a bonus. There are all these things. It's all the security that makes working for someone else very, very attractive and working for yourself can be quite unattractive because you may have, you know, lots of peaks and troughs and you have to learn how to navigate that too. So, um, you know, I was, I think I was 18 or 16 when um, I started working in my dad's office. Um, so my dad used to, he used to run ironically a health insurance business. <laughs> and, um, and what was interesting was that while working there, I made up my mind, I am never going to work in an office because it was like my summer thing, you know, every two, every year at summer, you'd spend two months doing desk work. And then by the time, you know, I graduated from university and realizing like, well, there's not much you can do with an undergrad in psychology unless you go on and do master's or doctorate work and, and or you go into HR. And that's what I did. I decided to go into human resources at a multinational bank uh, in London. And um, I didn't think I was going to be there for very long, but it turned out to be 10 years. Wow. <laughs> you know, I thought oh, this is going to be like a short gig while I figure out the next step. But it turned out to be a little bit longer because what ends up happening is that you get caught up in a lifestyle, right? You get, you travel a lot because you get a lot of vacation, you know, five weeks a year, um, which I thought was a lot back then. Um, <laughs> I, I know people in the States, they get, you know, my sister, they get like two weeks a year. So when you get five weeks, it's like, wow, you get five weeks of holiday a year and you can jump on a plane every long weekend and go do something fun across Europe or wherever. So I thought I was living the dream at that point. You know, I thought, okay, I made it. I have a good salary. I get a bonus. I have a pension. I have a mortgage on a flat in central London. I'm doing well. Until one day you wake up and you're like, is this really my life? Because then you become a slave to those things, right? And when you're not feeling your best and you start to, you, you stop sleeping well, you start eating a lot of foods for convenience, which was my story. You know, you're just grabbing coffee and croissants or having dinner at your desk. So you're having sort of like three meals away from your home that you're not preparing yourself. They're things that you are grabbing and, you know, and they're just convenient and they're not the best quality. Um, you're not going to find the best level of nutrients in, in those foods either. So you start to become very depleted because, you know, your body responds to what you're putting into it. So if you think of it like stimulus and response, if you're in, or we go to car analogies, if you've got a Formula One car, but you're putting crappy fuel in it, what's going to happen to the car? It's not going to work. If you've got a Formula One car that's racing around a racetrack and it never stops for a break to have the tires checked or anything, what's going to happen to it? It's going to break down, right? a tire will blow off, the car will not perform properly, won't run as fast. And that's what I was doing to my body. And that's what millions of people in the corporate world are doing to their bodies. They are not fueling properly. And I'm not only talking about fuel from a food perspective either, because at one point I did change everything about my diet. I started taking a bunch of supplements 
and I went paleo. I went vegetarian first, then went paleo and then realized like, I'm still not feeling great. Like I don't have a lot of energy. Like I wanted to be canceling plans. And I went from being the person who was always out every single night to just kind of hibernating in my home and just working and then coming home and going to sleep because, you know, you're working 12 to 14 hour days. You don't want to, you just don't feel like I don't need to catch up with anyone after work. I don't need to go anywhere. Like I'd see people once a month or, you know, so you become very isolated from your friends and from doing things that you love. And you suddenly don't have the energy to do things that you love. You don't have the energy to even go outside, you know, going outside, get, getting fresh air, going and doing a hike or going for even a walk or all the things that humans actually need in order to thrive, fresh air, sunlight, drinking enough water. That was a thing too. Like we just don't do these things. And eventually you start to, to wither, you know? So another me metaphor, if you're a flower is in the wrong environment, what happens to it? It dies, right? If you're not giving it the things that it needs, it's not going to thrive. So if you are planted in the wrong place and you're not being fed the right things, you're not going to thrive. So that was what happened to me in that environment because you're not getting daylight. You're you know, going to work in the dark, coming home in the dark. Uh, you're burning the candle. At one point I was burning the candle at both ends and I was exercising a lot at the start of all of this. And by the end of it, I couldn't really do anything without feeling like I need three days to recover from it. So these are all signs that you know I was in what you call the pre-exhaustive phase um, or compensatory, uh, compensatory phase. And it's what I look out for now when people say, oh, I just don't have the energy to catch up with people. I just don't have the energy to go and do that run that I used to love to do. And, you know, and they, they put it down as I'm being lazy. And I'm like, no, there's something physically going on with your body. It's not depression. Cause unfortunately that's what the sort of medical establishment would say, like, oh, you're depressed, take a pill, which is what happened to me. They were like, cause I'm like, why is it taking me two hours to get out of bed? And they're like, you're depressed. I'm like, no, it's, I'm not depressed. There's something wrong. Like I can feel that something is wrong with my body and it's not working. So yes, I had private medical insurance, but those, um, those clinicians, you know, with the best of intentions, they look at, the, they look at your body in a certain way and they don't necessarily connect all the dots. So, you know, you go to the doctor and they do scans and tests and blood work and everything comes back as normal, but it's important. I want people to know that the normal that they're comparing you against is against a sick population. So they're just looking to see if you're not sick as in not diseased, but they're not looking to see if you're functioning at your best. So you could be in a subclinical state, like right before something does go wrong. And you could be in that state for a few years and rather than working on reversing that they just say well come back every year and we'll check on it and I'm kind of like well why are we going to do that can't we do something first I don't want to wait till I have to get to be on metformin or I have to be on you know isitalopram or whatever I don't want to be on those drugs so can you tell me what I can do before and their system isn't designed that way so the way that I work now is to help people spot those signs and symptoms and use them as the clues that okay your body's actually talking to you and we're not going to turn off the fire alarm we're going to go find the fire and put it out fair play yeah and i i really like the uh, what you said about i i think i can feel it already and it might have been a part of our discussion last time that uh, um, there is a, a big part of you know maybe the system failing is that you have more and more specialists that each of them is looking at one piece instead of looking holistically at overall performance. And it's like that car, you know, you can check the tires and let it run one more lap. You can check the engine and let it run one more lap. But 
no one's actually checking it all at the same time to see if the those things connect and that's exactly uh, right i love that you've made you've seen that that the body is it's intricate and that a symptom that might show up a very common one is the thyroid for women and even men lately they're all they're doing is checking one marker for the thyroid and when when they see oh well it looks normal but i'm like there's so many other contributors to what might be going on with that thyroid so you might be showing up with you know your hair might be falling out you might be finding it difficult to lose weight um you might be gaining weight without even eating there are some people who are like i'm not even eating and I'm gaining weight, like what's going on, or I'm exercising more and I'm gaining weight. Uh, and they're looking at the thyroid, but they're only looking at one marker. And the symptom might be so far downstream from the actual root cause. So the thyroid not performing is a symptom of something else going on in the body. And doctors are only sort of trained to look at, well, if the thyroid's not working, then let's give you a pill to fix the thyroid. But like, what if there's something else? And in my experience, like there's usually so many other contributors to something like that going wrong like the thyroid not working it could be exposure to plastics endotoxins in your environment um uh, sorry uh, endotoxins within your body um toxins within your environmental toxins so you might be breathing in bad air you might be drinking bad water um all these things can overburden a, an organ like the thyroid or an organ like the liver and they all work in concert with each other so like when one's out of whack most definitely the others are not working very well so the thyroid the gut the liver the gallbladder um the kidneys people tend to only focus on like you said one specific organ and neglect that well what's it doing what's happening with these other organs even if i'm only showing up with a symptom in this place so i like to look at all of those pieces of the puzzle and put to you know we, we it's detective work it really is it, it is like putting together like clues piecing together these clues and then coming up with a picture of what's actually going on and that's why i like doing the investigative work with the functional labs because they are more proactive they're looking for dysfunction as opposed to disease i see yeah so you know going off topic a little bit maybe but uh I think this this could be really useful for uh, for our listeners. I wanted to ask you, how did you manage, especially with a mortgage already there, how did you manage the transition? Because this is, you know, it's easy for me, a young person who doesn't really have much obligations apart from maybe keeping himself alive and under a roof to, you know, to start up my own business and fail mm -hmm. and go again. But it's much a it's a different piece of a, <laughs> a pie, let's say, if you're already having a mortgage and, a, you know, a potentially a career that you would have to flush down the toilet in a sense mm -hmm. to to start up on your own. Was there anyone that helped you with it? And how did that come about? You know, how was the transition? Well, I'll be honest, it was rough. Um, I'm not going to say that it's I, I definitely don't think entrepreneurship is for the faint hearted. Uh, my life pretty much got turned upside down all at once, you know, so my body decided to go kaput on me. Um, I decided to retrain in functional medicine, but I also had a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a health coach. So I had like a whole team supporting me through the, you know, because the, there are a lot of mindset blocks around like, can I actually do this? Is it possible? And a lot of fear attached to stepping out on your own and wondering if you're going to make it or, or not. 
Um, and you have to plan. So, you know, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in one year. It happened over a few years. You know, you have to plan, you have to save. Um, you know, the mortgage in central London, like I was very lucky. I got a two bedroom flat. So I was able to rent out the second bedroom. So I never really had to worry too much about the roof over my head in that sense. Like I, I made sure that things like that were covered. My bases were covered. So, you know, I, I got smart about it. And then you, you do put, put aside money, uh, you know, and I'm going to say this to young women, like if you have a boyfriend who is not contributing to your life and it's actually a drain on you, get rid of him because that was my story at the time. Like I was with someone who for four years, you know, kept trying to see him turn his life around and hoping for the best, but it wasn't happening. And by the time I'd walked away from my job, you know, my therapist, my coach, my psychiatrist, they were all like, he's not good for you. Like he's not adding value to your life. He's actually causing a lot of stress in your life and probably contributed to why I was so burnt out too, because I was trying to take care of two people. And I don't know how many people feel about this, but I personally haven't been in that role of being the main breadwinner. I don't feel women should be. It's not, it's not a comfortable place for me anyway. Um, I like knowing that I have someone there to back me up and that I'm not the one running around trying to solve all the problems for two people. So we, we parted ways very quickly after I graduated from my coaching course in 2017. And then at the same time, my mom got cancer. And that's how my business actually became online because right at the point I was launching, she got diagnosed. And then I, I wasn't spending time in England anymore because she lived in Trinidad. And I was spending a lot of time on the internet and doing my whole business remotely. So I ended up traveling quite a bit and, and setting up you know, and realizing that I actually had the freedom to do this. And that was one of the things actually that had inspired me because I did realize I was getting sicker. My parents were getting older. I thought, I don't think this corporate thing is going to work for much longer because I'm going to need to be able to be flexible. I, my parents live very far away. I want to be close to them as they get older. And I want to create a life where I don't have to feel like, oh, I've got to return after two weeks. Like if I wanted to spend a month with my mother, I could, you know, I, I was able to, I've been able to do that, you know, and be with her while she was unwell and take her to, you know, radi um, you know, radiation and chemo and, and all the things. So um, creating a life by design, you have to be very intentional about it and you have to have a support team in place and you have to have your rudiments in place when it comes to your finances. So if you're thinking about making the leap, figure out like, well, how much money do I need to survive on each month? And, you know, I had made a couple of investments while I was working in a bank, you know, I had money that was stashed away that, you know, you could cash in at certain points, like in stocks or whatever. So at certain points, you know, you release that when you think, okay, I'm not making enough money this month, but I can cover it by releasing some of this. So it was, it wasn't easy. I will not say that it was easy, but you do what you have to do. And there are a lot of things in place in the UK. Um, there are startup loans that you can get. You can get a 25 grand startup loan from places like Virgin, um, there's a government website that lists all the different suppliers of, of startup loans, and you could apply to all of them. There are hundreds, probably even thousands, and you could apply to them. You could get 25K, and if there's more than one of you, each director is entitled to getting 25K from the government. So those are things that you can, you have to have a business plan, of course. You have to show that you're going to make a profit and have projections and all those great things. It's not something you're like, hey, here, give me money. It's like, I need you need to show that you can actually pay back 
that loan because they're not going to give it to you otherwise. So, you know, you register your business and then you, you register the business um, to receive a government loan. So those are things that, you know, if anyone's thinking about it, like, well, where am I going to have this money? How is it going to cover me? You know, you come up with, um, you come up with a strategy and then you, you work on implementing that strategy and sticking to it and have it. And then I got a business coach who helped me stick to it. So, um, so I, you know, I've always been investing in myself because honestly, that's your best chance of an ROI best investment you can make is actually in yourself. So, um, and then that way you can help more people ultimately. Like if I am being taken care of, then that means I can care for others. Simple. Win-win. very true. Yeah. And that's also beautifully said. And, and I like that this is, if anything, this is probably the recurring theme of, of uh, both of the podcasts and uh, especially um, while I try to give to, to the audience something that um, enables them to, grow in themselves so saying this i would like to ask you about the amazing book that i've uh, i've already gotten i've not started it yet i got um, how do you call it swamped with jordan peterson's maps of meaning and Ooh. it's it's huge and i should have probably read corporate dropouts first <laughs> because <laughs> it, this book is like 800 pages but uh, I would like to talk about your book, which came out actually a month and a half ago or so. And at this point, you're going to release an, a hardback version of it. So yeah. how did that come about? And, you know, how did how does that feel? I understand that you've done it with a few friends. How, you know, how did that even start as an idea? Like, is it just a, a little uh, kickback on corporate life? <laughs> um. How did that start? I had been thinking about writing a book for about two years. When the pandemic happened, I thought, oh my God, this is my moment, right? Like this, you're going to be stuck inside. You can't go anywhere. I have a story to tell. I'm going to tell this story. And it took a while because there's so many other things going on with, you know, trying to figure out where I was going to be living and all that stuff. Like I, for anybody who doesn't know, like I'm currently in Mexico, but I left London in 2020 and I've kind of been between London, Mexico and, and San Diego a lot. And um, I got married in the middle of all of that. And he's in America and I'm here in Mexico. So that's one of the reasons why um, he didn't want me being in London, because he's like, well, I can't see you if you're in London. If you're in Mexico, I can see you because I can't live in the U.S. until our paperwork comes through. So I'm in Mexico right now. And again, a testament to having a digital life, a digital business that allows you to live in anywhere if you want to. Um, you know, as a tourist, you get six months to live in Mexico. And while I was here, I remember this is why the book didn't happen immediately because there was a lot of moving parts literal moving parts in my life and while I was here um, I was in a mastermind called embodied with um, an amazing business mentor called Kristen Thomas she was also trained in functional diagnostic nutrition but she'd come from a Twitter marketing background she was a marketing executive for Twitter and then developed ulcerative colitis and then had to find didn't you know wasn't getting satisfied by the traditional medicine model found functional nutrition then retrained in it herself and then realized that she was getting a lot of traction helping other people build and grow their businesses by how learning how to copyright and how to connect with people on social media so she set up this mastermind and I participated in that and while I was in there I met someone who um, also trained with um, with me uh, at functional diagnostic nutrition and she was talking about a book and that and basically these sorts of like these midnight conversations is what I call them like over messenger like oh you know I've been thinking about doing this and we're you know and it's really nice when you get together with like-minded people because you realize you do have a very similar message and a similar story of you know of, of kind of going from 
being completely frustrated and lost and wandering around in the desert of the traditional medical model and then sort of like finding nirvana of like oh my god I found a solution to my problem and she and I started talking about it and she said well you know I know this publisher in Australia and I was like okay and I kind of left it that was like in July of last year and I kind of left it and I just didn't really pay attention you know again I was moving in July and then very weirdly, another Facebook group that I was in, nothing to do with functional diagnostic nutrition, um, Brains Magazine, that's what it was. The woman's name that she told me, her name is Taryn. I saw a Taryn post in this in this group. And I'm kind of like, that's a very unusual name. I've never seen anybody else named Taryn. So I just sent her a message and I said, hey, are you the Taryn who is a publisher in Australia? <laughs> And she said, yes. And I said, oh, that's so weird. I said, I've been talking about you to this friend of mine for like a couple of months. And she said that, you know, she's looking to write a book and she suggested we reach out to you, but I've been kind of swamped with life. And she said, oh, what are you thinking about writing about? And she said, because I've been thinking about writing a book and it was, she said, the title is corporate dropouts. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So that's how it was sort of born. And it was sort of like 1130 at night. I'm not joking. I was about to go to bed and she called me. She called me on messenger. She said, can you talk right now? I'm like, if you don't mind looking at me like I'm in bed, but yeah, sure. We can talk right now. And that's how it happened. Um, Literally like that. And she said, and I have a bunch of other people that are coaches that want to talk about their story and their sort of transition from being burnt out and being exhausted to now being healthy, happy, thriving, doing what they love, impacting people's lives. And that that's it. You know, it happened over several messenger conversations. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, how long was the process of actually, you know, from the initial conversation to, let's say, the launch, but I assume that the book was ready quite a few weeks before the launch anyway? Um, how how did this work? Um, I wrote my, my chapter. So we each had to write a chapter. I wrote my chapter in October. And then by December, we were doing the final edits and January, just kind of going through, like we were meeting every week to, you know, we were meeting each week to kind of check in with each other on how things were going and with the launch and everything. And by the 20th of February, it was on Amazon. It was done. You know, that's amazing. And did you get to uh, uh, like, did you actually did you get to actually meet people that uh, you know are featured in the book with you? Yeah, we we like I said, we'd meet every week. We had weekly meetings. Oh, so, I see. So you yeah. would discuss each other's chapters, and uh... we would discuss like our messages and like what we were trying to convey. So because that that honestly, the energy of what you're putting in is really really important and I'm a big believer in like you know you it's not just what you say it's how you're saying it so and the the intention behind it so we we would meet to talk about those sorts of things and our journeys and I thought that's what was really really cool because like I said we all had very similar stories really really similar so yeah and we still meet like we're still meeting every week right now every Thursday I I have a meeting with them we've been meeting since since september yeah since september wow and uh, and i understand that uh, with the hardcover coming out and uh, you've mentioned earlier before we started our chat uh, about the summit that you're organizing over the weekend to to yeah. sort of give some ted talks and uh, 
get people interested or maybe get, give them some insight, I guess, to, to what the book inspiration, is. Inspiration, give you the, the, give you a little bit of, ins, you know, it's sort of like the impetus, insight, inspiration, impetus to take the plunge, to do, do the scary thing, or to at least start planning for the scary thing, because going off on your own and starting a business, I am not lying. It's scary, but it is exhilarating at the same time. And there's so much self-discovery involved. Like you figure out so much about what you're made of. Um, you get to face all the worst parts of yourself, the best parts of yourself. And, you know, from every experience, every challenge, you're allowed to grow and it, it helps you become a better coach. Like you, you know, I, I could not see myself like necessarily working for someone hired as a coach, like in a business, the, the, everything that I've had to go through, having to navigate all the the storms of running your own business and all the stuff that goes on in your life at the same time. Like I've had a lot happen, you know, a mother with cancer, a husband in another country. Like there's been a lot of things that, you know, that could technically flatten you. But when you're so driven by your why, all those other things don't really matter. And Viktor Frankl has a wonderful quote that I like to, you know it, and, and I'm sure your readers know it. And I quote it often. I say, you know, those who have a why to live for can endure anyhow. And for me, I have endured quite a lot. And I'm not saying, and th there are days when it looks like it's easy. Some people see my Instagram, they're like, oh my God, you look like you're having the best life. And they see like, wow, you're in Mexico. It's beautiful. I'm like, yeah, it is, but it's also lonely. It's also lots of things, you know, you go to a new country, you have to learn a new language, you got to do all sorts of things, you got to drive on roads that I'm not accustomed to driving on the left side of the road, <laughs> <laughs> or the right side of the road, sorry, it's the other way around, driving on the left hand, but yeah, so all these things, and people here drive pretty crazy, so it's all these different things and experiences, but they make you grow, they make you, and like I said, you just become a better coach, you become more compassionate to the people that you serve. Um, you understand them more and you become more driven to get your message out there. And that's for me, I love working one-to-one, -one, but I feel like the book and books are a great way to change people's lives on. I mean, you haven't met Jordan Peterson, but he he's changing your life. You know, you're getting stuck into all the things that he's teaching you. And that's how I feel about writing. I feel like this is a way to impact people on such a deep level, a personal level. They're taking you you know, in the book form, they're taking you to bed, taking you in their cars. You're, if you're an audible, you can drive and listen to a book, which is how I, I read a lot by driving and listening to books. So, and because I travel, I like to listen to books on planes a lot. So I can get through quite a lot that way. Um, so I feel like book writing is a way to touch people in a way that is, is very different to the one-to-one. -one. I still want the one-to-ones. I love them and I thrive off of them. But in terms of messaging and impact, you can reach so many more people through a book. Definitely. Yeah. And even more so, I don't remember who pointed it out, but I've listened to a, a podcast or maybe read it in a book as well, that if you think about it, uh, you know, it's not only that you can communicate with someone that would otherwise not be able to communicate with you because they live in another country. Mm -hmm. You can communicate with someone who lived millennia before you. <laughs> Like you That's can, so true. You can literally learn from a guy who was walking the surf when when they used to wear a robe and you know shout at each other in the Senate. <laughs> uh, and uh, like it's so it's so bizarre and and also so beautiful that the the knowledge transfer just continues through it. Yeah. Um, well, humans have evolved by telling stories. That's the one thing about us that makes us so different to animals: language, 
and being able to tell stories. And it's, um, it's so powerful because it helps us carry our history. It helps us, hopefully we learn from our history. Um, and that's what the idea behind my book is. It's to help teach people like, please don't do what I did. <laughs> don't you know, wait don't, the 10 years to yeah, realize. Don't wait the 10 years to, and don't put your dreams on hold. And, you know, I talk about my mother in the book a lot too, like that she put her entire life on hold and sacrificed so much for family and for work and for her parents and all the things that she wanted to do. She may have done some of them, but she definitely didn't do all. And I think in some ways, that's why she was so happy. Initially, she was very nervous about me leaving my job. So I didn't actually tell her when I was doing it. But weirdly, and I know we're, we're short on time, but this last story, I didn't okay. want to tell her because anytime I mentioned that I was unhappy at work, she's like, girl, you have a pension, like stick it out. That's her thing, you know, because they're from that generation. Just stick it out. You have stability, you have security. But when it actually happened, I took myself off onto a retreat. So my last day of work was the 18th of March. And I booked myself a retreat in my, in not Mallorca, in um, Malta. And um, I went for 10 days to do like a juice fast. And it was around the spring equinox right at this time, about a week ago, my anniversary, my five-year anniversary. And while I was there, I'm climbing a mountain, doing a hike. And she calls me. She said, Raywin, there's been a bombing in London. Are you okay? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not even in London. And she's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm in Malta on top of a mountain. What are you doing there? I'm like, I quit my job. She's like, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all about the, uh, the I guess, the perspective, you know? If it wasn't the bombing, she would be furious. And otherwise... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, oh, good for you. I'm so happy. Well, she was actually just happy because she remembered what it was like being a slave to a corporate job. She worked in a bank too for up until she retired. So, you know, it was, and it wasn't an easy thing. So I know even though she was initially like hesitant about me doing it, when she heard that I'd actually done it, she was kind of, she was really happy. And she knew I had all my rudiments in place. She knew I had my apartment already and she didn't have to worry about the roof over my head and all that stuff. So she was pretty happy about it in the end um, that I was traveling. And every time I did a podcast, she would share it with all her friends and they would come back and tell me, your mom's like really proud. She sent, she sent this podcast around to everyone. <laughs> That's um that's a mom to have, you know, I hope that my parents are also going to share. <laughs> um, my final question, and don't worry about time, I, I would really love to ask you that question. And I think it's a, it's a nice uh, way of tying it all around. Maybe it's there, maybe it isn't yet. But what is the next milestone? What is the next goal? Because as we, I guess, as we both recognize, and I'm pretty sure that most people out there are recognizing that whenever you achieve something, you, you just choose, an, choose another mountain and you climb that one. So what is the next mountain? There are a few. So I don't have one, you know, I never do things by halves. It's just always going to be like, let's do, take on some more. So the solo book, which I'm working on while I'm in Mexico, because you don't have a husband close by, you have a lot of time on your hands. So this is where I'm focusing on that. And it's going well, I'm loving it. I'm actually writing it in Canva. Um, I'd initially downloaded this app called Scrivener or Scrivener, and didn't really like it so much. But Canva, because I do all my social media and stuff in there, and I do all that stuff myself, I sit down and make and I, I, I'm very creative, I like doing things like that. So I sit down and I make all these wonderful posts. And I'm basically collating them all putting them into Canva, putting them in this beautiful, it's gonna be very visually quite nice, you know, lots of beautiful pictures, recipes, um, like a seven day meal plan. So I'm enjoying that, like that process. There's also coaching questions built into it. And I'm setting it up almost like it's a teaching memoir, but it's 
it's also like a manual. So you don't have to read it cover to cover. You can kind of dip in at certain points and be like, okay, got stuff going on with diet this week. Let me look at the diet section and see what she's got in there. Oh, stuff's going on with my sleep this week. Let me go deal with, see what's going on there. And it's also linking to stuff on the internet too. So there will be stuff for you to download and, and tracks to follow. So it's quite an interactive experience, almost as if you were actually being coached by me, but just not one, to, not, just not in person. So the intention behind it is, again, you know, if you cannot invest $5,000 or 5,000 pounds into functional medicine, you can do it this way, you know, 15 pounds for a book, people can afford that, right? Um, that is a again, great idea. Yeah, so I, I've created, it's a manual that's, that's coming out of me right now. And I'm loving it. I'm loving the process. I'm loving being able to, to gift this will be my legacy to the world. I don't have children. I'm too old to have children now. So this is going to be my thing and continuing to write and create and to help people in that way, being able to speak and to teach. Um, I don't know if you know this, but the word doctor, it has the, its origins in the Latin word um, do, docere, which means to, to teach. So doctors are essentially teachers and, hmm. um, or they should be. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not lecturers, teachers. So, cause I often feel like when you go see them, they sort of lecture you, you know? <laughs> so, um, but so, yeah, so I'm, I'm loving that. And my whole genealogy, every time I've gone back far enough, like my dad is a pastor, so he preaches. He's, he's done that now that part of his retirement was moving into preaching and he's very passionate about that. And then my grandfather um, was an actual school principal and about four of my aunts are school principals. So, um, I'd be like, okay, teaching is in my blood, like definitely in my blood and, and biology as well. Like they were all into to biology. So I've, I've definitely got that going for me. And I want to continue um, living out that part of me because it was sort of, you know, when you're kind of hustling, running around different countries and trying to figure out what the next step is, you don't always know like, well, what's my real path? And yes, helping people's always been the underlying theme but now how to help them in a bigger way is the next mountain. So I'm looking at ways to do that, whether that is through more writing, more speaking, um, working with organizations, because then you can, you definitely can reach more people through organizations because they're, you know, at Barclays, there are 168,000 employees when I was there. So you can impact, and that's, that's pretty much a small town, you know? Oh yeah, right? definitely. And that's not yeah. even that small of a town, you know, I studied in a town that was 18,000. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So, so companies are a, a good way to, for, you know, to reach more people, because then if you change company culture, then that translates down into what's going on in people's lives at home too. Beautiful. Okay. So finally, as usual, I always invite uh, my guests to give the one final uh, word of advice, encouragement, or whatever else you feel like you'd like to share with us at, at this point, um, you know, uh, letting uh, the audience know something that they could take on for the week. Listen to your body. Listen to what it's telling you. Like they, the symptoms, the signs, the, you know, if you're tired after you eat certain things, if you are tired even after you've gotten, gotten seven hours of sleep, that's a sign that something is going on and pay attention because rather than numbing it up with coffee or numbing it up with meds or numbing it up with wine, which a lot of people tend to do, um, pay attention, you know, don't use the wine to get to sleep. Like, why are you so wired in the evening? What can you do? 
about changing your life and listen to that to those little those little um we call it the check engine light on your dashboard pay attention to it don't just switch it off go and find and diagnose the problem and work with someone who actually thinks in that way you know who thinks about okay well let's look at all the different systems and how they're all working uh so listen to the body that's that's my number one thing and don't delay anything like the worst thing i've seen is when people are like oh yeah i kind of put it off for like a year and like has it gotten better no actually it's gotten worse so like if something shows up today if it doesn't resolve itself within sort of like two weeks then go get it checked out you know get it checked out beautiful thank you so much and uh, you know I think, uh, first of all, I, I'm looking forward to, to hearing about the manual book, because this is definitely a great idea of approaching the audience that, as you said, you know, cannot just whack out a, a 5k. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is going to help a lot of people and, you know, especially people that like to read, which uh, fair enough, our world is, is aiming in the space that people are reading less and less. But uh, as writers, I think we should oppose that and, and continue to, to fight the good fight. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Raven, for coming to the to the podcast for sharing your experience and knowledge. And I'm looking forward to reading the corporate dropouts and uh, dropping you a little line expressing how how did I feel? I would appreciate that. And I'm so grateful that you picked up a copy. I didn't even know that you had, so I could have sent you one, but now that I know, (laughs) thank thank you for having me here and for letting me share, you know, some insight into how people can live in a way that, that helps them live longer and better. Beautiful. Thank you so much, guys. Um, other than that, as always stay happy, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time.